Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. 11.37, and we're a little behind here, so JK, if you'll hang on, we're getting to Michael Felder on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Michael, I am so sorry uh, for our tardiness. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I got, I listen, I got it. I've got a thing I got to do in about 10 minutes. So we are ready to, we're, we're locked and loaded. Seven, seven, eight minutes will go here. We were talking quarterback coaches earlier, and uh, KJ Jefferson was just out working with Whitfield on the West Coast, and we yep. were talking to Coach Kelly here about that. And he's a Whitfield fan, maybe not a fan of every quarterback coach, but uh, I'm assuming you're on board with him because you guys usually see eye to eye. Yeah, I, I, I talk to George Whitfield every day. Like, literally, I'll wake up in the morning because he's on West Coast. I wake up to, like, four or five Instagram DMs from Coach Whitfield. So, <laughs> yes, I am on board. I, I love Jordan Palmer. I'm also a big Quincy Avery guy. Like, so, yes, I yes, I am on board, and I am a part of that universe, which goes back to when I was with Bleacher Report when we were doing, like, the Elite 11 and Trent yeah. Dilfer and all that stuff. That's what Coach was talking about a little bit ago. And Freaky Joe Franklin, who hosts the show after ours, asked me to ask you, Coach, and I'll ask you too, Michael, about Jordan Palmer. Sounds like you're a fan of his as well. Yeah, I like Jordan Palmer. I think he, um, he, he know like I think the, the, I think one of the best things about Jordan Palmer is he realizes where he fits in into the the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. He was never going to be the best quarterback, but he took all the coaching, similar to someone who I mean, he doesn't do like quarterback coaching. But he did send his nephew to work with Quincy Avery uh, in Atlanta because he knew that Quincy was going to get his guy ready, uh, you know, ready to rock and roll. And that's TJ Yates. I think Jordan and TJ are kind of orbit in that same world of, I know I'm never going to be as athletic as some of these guys. And my arm won't be as big as Patrick Mahomes. I'm never going to run like Jalen Hurts or Lamar, or Lamar Jackson. But I have to learn quarterbacking, and I think that's what translates to being a really, really good quarterback coach. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. What what are these? And I talked to Coach about this a little bit too. And feel free to chime back in there, Coach. But what do you think that those guys are getting and in going to these private instructors that they're not getting from their coaching staff, even at a high level like you know a, a KJ or one of these guys that's at a top power five school? I think there's little things. And I mean, listen, I, every quarterback coach in college football, they know what they're doing. They understand. But there's also a limited number of hours that you can work with them, and there's also a time that you're not allowed to work with them. And so what they're doing is getting supplementary uh, teaching. It's, I mean, it's, I don't think it's any different than going to see a swing instructor with respect to baseball uh, because there's a specific skill when it comes to throwing the football. And it's not – they. I, there was a huge time, especially when the, with the immediate boom of 7-on-7, seven seven, like the South Florida Express, where it was time away from your actual high school team. But most of what's happening now has shifted a little bit more back to I'm getting specific instruction for my position that I can translate to what I learned from my team. Well, and I, I, like, I like what you say, Michael. And, and, and I think he knows where – George knows where he fits. You said Jordan Palmer. I'm not super familiar with him. I've not watched him work. Mm-hmm. I've watched George work many times with quarterbacks I've had in the past, which is kind of funny. You know, the quarterback coach of the team is at the – is with the quarterback coach that he's working with, and I'm watching too. Because yeah. I always think if there's something I could pick up, and I like to think George picked up some stuff from me because I'd he'd bring yeah. me out there and I'd walk through some stuff on what I liked. And and what I like about him, he knows where he fits. And, and again, with me, and maybe not with everybody, but he was super good about saying, "Hey, what do you think about what I'm doing with him here?" And right. people love that, whether they're going to change it or whether they even know what he's talking about or not. I do disagree with you in one area. I think okay. that if you're a quarterback coach in college, that does not mean you know what you're doing. <laughs> I have seen. I can't tell you how many I've seen that I'm like, 
my gosh, that guy has no clue. Now that's one man's opinion. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be nice. Here, I know, man. and I'm you've got to be, be nice. nice. You've got to be nicer than me, and maybe I should be nicer. But it's like anything. People, you should. Guys get and, and what the, the the odd part is. I find out that guys that sometimes don't know what they're doing are the ones that are probably coached by their head coach or their OC more than the other quarterback coach. And that right. guy got the job because he knows somebody. And mm-hmm. he's a good recruiter, yeah. and that's the spot we had yep. open. And I'm coaching that kid anyway, so we can hire him there and do that. And, I, yep. and I'm not opposed to that. I mean, that's, I got the job for Belichick probably because I knew Belichick, right? I mean, mm-hmm. not because he thought I was the best yep. coach in the world. And uh, so so all that to say, I, I think George fits in. And one of the reasons people use them, use those guys is like you said, hey, it gets them away. I like them to hear a different perspective. Sometimes you can right. learn something from this math teacher that you can't from that if you think back in your college or high school days because they tell you differently, they teach it differently. Sure. The other thing I think is that that they present uh, some different views that that guy that, that the co- coach didn't know. Okay, George had him sure. doing drills I'd never thought of before, and mm-hmm. I liked that. It was real creative, and I thought quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks. You're there, and I think it's the hardest job on planet Earth. I've said that before. There's 10,000 guys that can operate on your heart in the United States, and there's 5,000 guys that can do brain surgery. There's seven men walking on this planet right now that can lead their team to a Super Bowl win this year. The other guys are just fighting for second because there's only seven that you can play with that can do that. That makes it the hardest job on Earth. While you're sitting there, you've got to know all 11 guys on on the field, including you, what they're doing, what the other 11 guys are trying to do against you. They're coming to try to kill you, and you've got 2.5 seconds to put the ball in a 12-inch window if your receiver, A, runs the right route, B, takes the right release, and C, gets any kind of separation at all, and they expect you to complete it over 60% of the time. It is incredibly hard. So anytime they can work and a college coach can't work with them because they've got dead periods and a high school coach can't work with them because they've got dead periods, if you can get somebody good like George Whitfield, send them to them because that's extra work and it ain't going to hurt them and it darn well might help them. There you go. That was a sorry about the long. Glad you took all Michael's time. Hey, Michael, listen. Um, thanks. <laughs> uh, sorry, Michael. Me, no, it's okay. Let me ask you about eight or nine games uh, for the SEC real quick. It was certainly debated yeah. a lot of meetings last week. I'm ready. What do you like? Eight or nine? Oh, I like I like nine. I think nine makes sense. The only way I would go eight is if that eight was we're going to play somebody else. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I know that the teams that want eight are teams like, like Florida, Arkansas, uh, Florida, Arkansas, Florida. But I, I'm thinking about like Florida because they got to play. Florida they got to play Florida State right. or like South Carolina because they got to play Clemson no matter sure. what. Georgia, they got to play Georgia Tech. So those teams seem more proposed to, to doing the eight, but I think nine makes sense. If, if mm-hmm. But eight makes sense if everybody's got to play somebody. Right. Well, and now that we're – especially now that now that Texas and Oklahoma are joining, mm-hmm. Arkansas can be in that eight camp because they those two teams are coming right back in. Yeah, Arkansas needs four winnable games, Michael. That's why Arkansas is in the eight camp. They don't, they don't need to play any more SEC <laughs> games than they have to at this point. Georgia ain't worried about Georgia Tech. I bet Florida does not want to play Florida State right now the way things are trending. Yeah. Uh, some of those matchups are better than others. But for Arkansas, I need four games on the schedule almost every year that you are more than likely no, going to win. Yeah, you can mix. Yeah. They do have some good games coming up, though. Their non-con-includes two, two Notre Dames, Notre four Dame. Oklahoma States, and even regional That's games good. that are lower level like Memphis and, and Tulsa. I mean, there have been yeah. years where Arkansas could have or should have or did lose games of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing that worries me, though, if you go to nine and you only have three non-conference games, I love some of these preseason matchup games that we're seeing. Alabama's good about playing one every year. LSU's doing it. Like marquee big-time matchups at a yeah. neutral site. Those could go away. 
teams could be afraid that, you know what, we, we've already got nine SEC games. Why load up on another one? Yeah, and well, I, I don't think – here's what I'm going to say. I don't think they're going to go away because that money spins, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, okay, real quick, last thing. Uh, I yeah. saw some new talk about expansion for the Big 12 and who they're going – maybe I saw mm-hmm. Arizona and Colorado, Colorado. which Colorado yep. probably should have never left anyway, same for Nebraska. Um, and then the the Big 10 is looking at a couple different schools. I haven't heard anything about the ACC. Are they talking about expanding? The ACC is working on keeping everyone they have. Okay. That's the big problem because part of the Big Ten expansion discussion revolves around the idea that Virginia, UNC, Duke um, could go to the Big Ten, but also part of the SEC expansion revolves around Clemson, Florida State, the idea that they would come into the, the, the SEC. And so the ACC is trying to keep the, the, their – like their, they're trying to keep everything in the boat. Um, with, the big, with respect to the Big 12 – I, I'm in mixed feelings about this because I don't like the big. If, if Oklahoma, Texas, Nebraska were still in the Big Twelve, now we have that that what, what is it called a quiet quadumbrate? I don't know what it's called. I know triumvirate, but I don't know what you call it when it's four because Colorado was a part of the Big Four that were in the Big Eight before they joined the Big Twelve, where the Big Twelve was Texas getting Texas added in. So it was a triumvirate. I was right. It's Colorado, Nebraska, and Oklahoma were part of the Big Eight. And they were the top dogs there. And then, obviously, they go to the Big 12. They add in Texas to that pick. And so, mm-hmm. I, you, don't, you, don't have, you won't have Oklahoma. You won't have Texas. You won't have Nebraska. I don't know what them getting – you don't have Texas a and I don't know what getting, in back, getting back into Texas does for Colorado now that all those schools are gone. You, yeah, you get to play Baylor and TCU, but at the end of the day, does that move the meat? Texas Tech, it's a regional game for them. That's the only regional game they get all year. That's it's just yeah. such a geographic <laughs> anomaly. We've talked about that before yeah. too. So, anyway, Michael, we'll let you go. Sorry, we're running late, and uh, we'll let you get on to the next one. I appreciate the time, my friend. It's all good. I, I love talking to you guys about that and Coach Kelly. Obviously, been fun. Like this is like the idea that yes, you're right. All coaches are not create are not created equal. You guys take it easy. All right, take care. See you, Michael.